Hello, I'm Karen Gard, and welcome to Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. Oh, we have a show for you, y'all. Welcome to the show. We are live as, uh, I wouldn't say always now. I am booked until January and into January. I have a show booked for January 18th. This is happening. Uh, and what a show we have for you this week. I had somebody cancel me last minute, but don't worry, we will reschedule with her because that is going to be an amazing conversation around go-to marketing strategies while she's got multiple happening at once. We want to learn how Nadia does that. But in the meantime, back at the ranch, Trevor Van Warden has agreed to step on in and help me out. He was supposed to be sometime in like November. And I was like, hey, Trevor, what you got going on this Thursday? He was yeah. like, how about now? I got tea time. I got tea time going on. <laughs> and so he has bumped up early and uh, prepared early. And I'm so, so grateful. Trevor, welcome to the show. Hey, Finally. thanks, Gary. I, I love it. I'm so glad to be here a year and a half later. But hey, you know what? I'll oh, take it. God. Even if it's early on your schedule, I'm going to. I'm I'm happy to happy to be here. It's just perfect. it's overdue. It's, it's long overdue. So it's long. time. It's time. It's like it's like the universe spoke to us and said, "Sorry, like as we were excited for Nadia, but we need Trevor like right here, right now." And then simultaneously filled my cup with stuff I that's on my mind and relatively new stuff as well that I haven't really talked to very much about because you know me, I'd like to talk pretty much all the time. So, you know. Um, Super great, super good timing, and I, I, I have to say too, I'm completely impressed that you are booked out until mid January because literally, I had to, I had to take a break. I, I had to shelve my show. <laughs> I just, just couldn't do it. I had to just like, oh, wiped. So I'm so I was just thrilled like to get back on cam for a minute and be here and hang out and not have to do all the planning and do all of the stuff. Right. So I'm so good with that. So happy to be here. I'm so excited to have you. Well, so will you tell us Trevor, I want to jump on in and like tell your story from my perspective, but I'm going to hold, I'm going to hold and I'm going to have you tell your story. What do you do Trevor? And how did you get there? Man, that is a Story. Well, there's a few stories in there. I've riffed a few times with a few people, you know, Peter Wheeler. I was laughing with you in the pre-live with Adam Mandarovich, who <laughs> yeah, was on his podcast a while back. I don't know if you've watched ever watched Adam's stuff, but the guy, man, he's 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 great. And and so he he let me just go wild for like 40 minutes straight. But and then I talk my story on the early a lot. So who am I today? Today, I am a 25 plus year seller um, of marketing solutions, mostly. Um, I have been in the internet business since 1996 or 7-ish, give or take, right? I don't know, somewhere in there. Um, back in, back, back in, the, in the prehistoric days. Uh, back when you could just literally call an agency and say, hey, you want to buy some impressions? They say, impressions? What's that? Yeah, I want some of that. Right? Back in those days, you could sell to Microsoft and just on a on a piece of paper. Man, it was fun. Um, yeah, so, so have been um, mostly a seller. That's mostly how I identify. Um, but down deep into the woods of trying to help marketers uh, do, do more. So I've sold mostly media in a variety of contexts. So, um, you know, CPM style campaigns, CPC, PPC, CPL, you name it, all that stuff. Um, everything, you know, under the sun, newsletters and 
advertorial and stuff like that, right? So the the current sort of version of all of this is the emergence of the creator, right? Of the creator model, the creator who can come out and, and make stuff on their own. Like, holy crap, right? I don't have to wait around for a, for a .com to hire me, right? I could go out and just make stuff. And discovering that is part of the emerging story that I have to tell, right? So discovering that came, heck, what was it? A year plus, May, it would have been April-ish of 22 when I popped into a, a tea time with tech marketing leaders that you were hosting with Danny Wolf. And I've told this story a few times, um, but you and Danny are totally the, uh, you know, the double OG in my life, the original, original gangster, right? And it was that moment when, when you and Danny were talking and Danny says, you got to join the conversation. And I'm like, what, what? I don't just have to, I don't have to kowtow to my, to my clients at every turn. I don't have to say they're, oh, you're right. Cause we got to get this deal done. No, I was like, hey, I can have an opinion. I can say I, I have an opinion. I have an I have authoritative voice Absolutely. at this point. Been in the market long enough. And yeah, so here we are, right? And and have been kind of, you know, continuing to bang around and and have become much braver in uh my willingness to to assert um my own sort of opinions, take ownership of things. Um be wrong sometimes, most of the time, <laughs> but you know, Hey, we, how do we, how else do we, how else do we learn? So that's where you find me today. Um, embracing this, this whole creator movement, uh, trying to make the most of it, uh, trying to make it easier for creators to do what they do. Uh, meanwhile, also working with, you know, B2B tech companies and helping them with their, uh, you know, build more awareness and demand for their offers. That leap for you in what were you doing before? And then you heard this show of Danny and I hanging out and talking about picking up the mic and talking to your audience. And now, and so what, what was that actual change for you? What do you do now? So what did you do before? And what do you do now in terms of that shift? In terms of how I show up digitally, um, it, it really fundamentally changed. Uh, so I can actually kind of look back. It was October of 2019 that I decided I needed to start like creating my own stuff. And I know this because I've gone back to look like when was my first real LinkedIn post, right? And we, had, and we could focus on LinkedIn because, you know, in B2B, I mean, I mean, yeah, there was other creator platforms, right? And I'm so late to the YouTube, Twitch, IG parties, it doesn't even get TikTok, whatever. I don't fit into those worlds, right? So I fit into the LinkedIn world, right? So let's just accept that that's when I talk about social, that's what I'm talking about. Left Facebook because it would just, I, I wasn't feeding um, the need for connection or at least the opportunity that I, that I had. So October, 2019, I, I started this thing called B2B Content Marketing Inspector. Go okay, back. still out there. You can watch it. Um, and basically, basically what I did is I went out and I and I reviewed. I had a bunch of assigned accounts, all B two B tech companies. Okta was among them. Mm. Um, certain people in the audience maybe maybe interested in that. Uh, Cyber Reason was another one. Um, gosh, there's a whole bunch of them. Uh, Sentinel One probably. Um, 
any case, so I was like 60, I think I did. And I would go out and I would just like assess like, hey, this is what you're, this is what I can see as an outsider, right? I could, I could, I could see like you're doing, uh, this is what your LinkedIn page looks like. This is what your, this is what your, all your, your content looks like. This is what your Twitter looks like. All this, you know, and I would comment on it and do like a four or five minute video. Lighting was terrible. Audio was not bad uh, in retrospect. And I, this was over the course that's that, that fourth quarter of 2019, I, I just cranked them out. Right. And I got like, nobody, nobody commented, nobody liked it. Nobody watched it. It was just, it was just terrible. And I kind of said this, I had to step back. I was like, what, what, you know, and then the pandemic hits and then infused media's uh, business really took off. Right. It just fundamentally shifted because everybody was work from home at that point. And so I was really internally focused on just trying to uh, run with that need. So really it kind of shelved that sort of creator uh, motion, but it was still kind of in the back of my mind because it built this idea, but didn't clue into the fact that I needed to support other people's content. Didn't, didn't get that. I just saw it as a megaphone thing. Uh, and, and I saw LinkedIn as a, as a, as a taker's paradise, if you will right? Where you could just go in and pitch slap. Mm -hmm. And because for a while it kind of worked, right? If for a long time you could, you know, I had some automation running, I did this connection campaign and I, and I literally went from, I don't know, four or 500 connections to like 2000, you know, just like in, in the space of, cause you could run these, these automated connection campaigns that would, that would rip at unlimited levels, vir virtually unlimited. I couldn't even exhaust them but they were dead. Like they didn't know me. They didn't want to talk. They had no interest. They just, I don't know why they accepted, but that was just the culture then, I guess. So, I mean, they were pretty targeted, you know, even, you know, so I have a lot of people in my, in my, uh, my connections list who are, uh, you know, demand generation marketers, right. They, they're, they're there and, and, um, but we're not talking. So, continued to kind of pursue this, I don't know, once or twice a week, kind of maybe posting schedule of a lot of talking head sort of video stuff. And, and that was fine. Um, but it wasn't really getting me anywhere. And it wasn't until so Brandon Lee showed up and Brandon Lee is a, um, is a, is a guy who uh, has a product called fist bump and fist bump is a as a tracker for social uh, prospectors. And he um, like, it keeps track of like what kind of what you've done. Um, and it, he, it was, it was called funnel amplified at the time, but I found him and I really kind of dug what he was talking about. So resonated with that and tried some of it, but it was still coming off as very sales salesy, had a sales vibe to it. Mm. Stalkerish, right. Still sort of like, you, you know, you can do this thing where you comment on somebody's post, but it's, it's like, Hey, great post. Call me about this. Right. It still was, it wasn't authentic. It didn't, it didn't, didn't have that, that flavor to it, but he was instrumental in kind of opening my, my mind to like, what, what could or should be done. And then you and Danny come along, right. And you and Danny come along and you're like, Hey, meet people where they are. Talk about what they want to talk about. Talk about, talk about your own thing. That isn't just the the thing you're selling. 
and then the social Saturday movement um, hits. Uh, and and I know that's kind of controversial today, but I had a moment. Um, in May in May of twenty two, it was not. It was not controversial. It yeah. was awesome, right? Because it, it it represented all these people who 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 wanted to connect and 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 i i got to think it was like and i and i think i've shared this with you privately but it it was like being mm-hmm. at this in the sahara desert right for 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 years like crawling through the sand you know like what's the water you know just like oh, dying and like nobody wants to talk we work from home i mean yeah my family and local and friends and stuff okay fine but professionally Okay, we're, we're in these little boxes. And what's happening is like digitally, we're getting less and less and less or fewer and fewer and fewer responses to our outreach, particularly as a seller doing marketing and get to that. But like all of a sudden you're just like in this in this in this desert where I can't even function, you know, and, and, and so then Social Saturday comes along and like people are actually talking. They're talking back and like, holy crap, here's life. The people want to like, like, like want to say hi, engage. And Danny, like she says, hey, because I had complimented your, your thing, your tea time. And, and Danny comes, come watch my show. Come watch (laughs) my show. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) you know, what? Okay. That's so great. You know, and, and, and it was at that point of say, wow, holy cow, there's real life people here who actually want to have real life, even if they're digital mm-hmm. conversations, still want to have them and want are interested in, in my take and are, um, are, 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 are really here. So that really fundamentally changed um, changed everything. And then so then as the Social Saturday uh, began to kind of wind down after about three months. So by late August, it was sort of on its eh, kind of like, I don't know, it sort of peaked and we were heading into fall at that time. This was just last year too. I mean, it wasn't, it was recent, it was, um, you know, about a year ago. Yeah. 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 It was definitely a flash in the pan, right? For me at least. Um, And, and, you know, interesting thing, kind of a side note is that I had made friends with this dude, Kelvin Stone. And Kelvin was in um, South Africa, right? He was a consultant. And 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 he was one of these guys, like, I really felt like I had kind of gotten to know. He had he was really excited because he got a, he'd gotten a real-time consulting gig that paid real money. And he was kind of in the digital marketing space. So we could sort of talk about that. And then he died. Yeah. It was just ultra shocking. Like uh, I was just blown away by, 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 by that. And I had no, and I still, to this day, like, I, like I probably should get counseling or something or, or create a community over it because I didn't know how to deal with it. Right. I didn't know like, what was the, what was the, what, what, what how, yeah. how do we, how do we, how do we handle that? Right. I mean, I didn't know him. I didn't know him in person, didn't know his family, didn't know his friends didn't know anything about him really in his real life. Yeah. Yeah. But we had become friends. I mean, we had traded late DMs. I knew he was kind of struggling and I, I don't know how he died. I, I, you know, I know he had had a, um, some, some personal struggles and, and none of my business, right. I'm cut out of that loop. Right. 
And so I have no ability. I'm not going to go to South Africa, right? I'm not going to go find out, right? I'm not doing that. So it's like, how do we process this digitally originated (laughs) relationship, the door, right? My favorite, my sort of favorite acronym, right? And when a death occurs, Mm -hmm. that's going to happen, right? And it already happened. I've already processed that. So if anybody's out here listening and they've got a door and somebody dies, remind us what door door is digital. Right? It's real. Digital. Yeah. Digitally originated relationship. Right. So for for us non-digital natives, right, which I'm not, right? So digital emerged during my adult life. Mm-hmm. Um this is a different type of relationship, right? It it has different sets of rules. Now my kids, right, that half of their friendships are online, right? So that's it's it's native for them but not for me and so it's important for me to kind of distinguish like okay and a lot of these relationships are not going to become yeah. real life right? although it's, it's a dream just, of mine trevor no, i will meet you in person so, it'll be glorious or vice versa well because I'm you're in guernsey i gotta get there Seattle? Right? i just period just we'll have to happen. because I, well well you've been you've been to the seattle region you, 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 you've, you've been around all right so sorry i digressed um what I was getting to was that by August of last year, I was I was taken by Dr. Jim's uh, live shows, right? And and you were podcasting at the time. I had tried podcasting myself, and I was like, <laughs> uh, "Seriously, bro? No, we're not doing I need that." Help, yeah, because the editing was just killing me. And I, I did. I needed help. And 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 you know, I had show, I had talked to you about that, and it was like this. I don't know. It was just. It wasn't that I didn't like the concept. I still liked the concept, but it was it was just too hard. It was too hard to do. Uh, too hard to edit. It would take me an entire day to make an eight-minute podcast. I just, okay. And I had no budget. I wasn't going to hire somebody. So anyway, so August comes around. August comes around. I'm like, hey, let's try lives. Let's just try live streaming. Let's see what happens. Because It felt harder to me. It. I was like, lives over so podcasting. I, I loved it. Yeah. Newsflash. It's easier. Really? You thought it was harder? I mean, there's a little bit more of <laughs> yeah. preparation for like it. Like so much like, easier. You and I both you know, prepped like for the, this episode in particular, but the back yeah. half is like way easier. Yeah. Yeah. Fun fact. Yeah. Like we can just have a have a real conversation and accept that what's out here is out here, right? It's all good. I I'm I'm a big live streaming fan. So my my gratitude goes to Stephen Eng and Julie Mori, who met me live. Actually, Julie Mori, um, who was my guinea pig for going live the very, very first time. I used to use Zoom to to go live. Don't recommend that. Don't recommend um, having to hook up all the keys and all that other junk. It's very difficult. Uh, we don't want to do that. Uh, so eventually got um, trained on Restream by Tara LaFon Gooch, uh, who was very generous with her time and showed me how to make it work hooked it up and away I went did a few episodes uh with uh with zoom but it was I heard that it was I janky, jumped right on restream right? I jumped on zoom I jumped and on LinkedIn the stream yard train and I they're like enemies left. or something I no, that's not true I jumped into restream for like a yeah. hot second for yeah. one episode and then it was trying to charge me for all of like just little things and I was like okay. really really restream and so I, I Hustled back to StreamYard yeah. pretty hard. Yeah, really? No. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. And then I, I actually did, I was with Restream for a full year and have switched to re, to StreamYard now, um, mainly because I like the flexibility of the canvas. And so there's a few things that, that Restream, well, one thing that I've seen Restream do, and there's probably a few other things that I haven't really figured out yet, but when I forgot to um, uh, cancel my StreamYard. renewal, yeah. boy, they played hardball. Restream, Restream. Uh, and they, they did, uh, Restream, Restream. They, Restream wanted the money, like they wanted the 208 bucks or whatever it was, even though within 15 minutes of that renewal going out, I told them, no, we didn't, this was a mistake. We don't want this. They were like, no, sorry, bro. You're, you're, you gotta, you gotta pay it. And I'm like, what? No, I was, I'm going to, I'm going to fight it. And they finally, they let me off the hook. But at the same time, it was like, guys, this is who you are. Right? This is your okay. culture. This is how you do business. We're, we're done. We're not, we're not, we're not going to play that game. So uh, yeah, so I'm 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 all in on Streamyard. I, I like this interface. It 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 works. You know, it's dependable. You know, Restream's pipes are are clunky. They they I think yeah. they cut some corners it on stuff shows. that you can't see on the front That's side. A and um, yeah. But so you're doing you're doing yeah, live streams which, now. It is a bummer. You had two shows. You had uh um, the Unleashure yep. show, which I was a part of, which I didn't really understand. The Hotness Unleasher. Yep. What's interesting about the, the Hotness, hot, hotness show is hotness I was invited Unleasher and I didn't really understand yeah. it. And I was like, all right, I'm going to go along for the ride here and see what happens. And I had I had a lot of reservations outside or looking in. Yeah. And then you join a guest on it. And the energy which on both sides is sort of this unreal, magical thing that is literally unleashed that you don't see coming from a hundred miles away. And it's this energy that you can't describe or understand until you are part of it. It's wild. I don't know what. That's really fascinating feedback. I haven't heard that before, but that's. that's yeah. Well, okay. I just. I'm in. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. You know, I. So you have like six people on the show and each person nominates three other people that have impacted mm -hmm. their network in some way. And they, they didn't even see it. the people I nominated have never heard mm -hmm. of this thing either. Right. And then they wake up in the morning on a Saturday and they're like, my name has been called and I'm part of this thing that has over a hundred com thousand comments. What was it that day? It was wild. It was insane. Yeah. And so I think it was like twelve or thirteen hundred or something. And now they're yeah, trying to lot. figure out what it is, and they won't really understand yeah. it until they're a guest on it too. Like it's just this sick. It's this wonderful thing where it's not about it's not about you as Trevor. It's not about me as the guest. It's about the people we nominate and bring in and call out and say, "You've impacted my life, and here's the impact you've made." And who would you nominate? And then it just keeps going, and it's magical. But you don't. But until you're part of it, you don't understand the the gravity of its magic. It's that's that's so awesome. You just describe it that way because you know I I I I'm, I'm it has overwhelmed me too, right? Like I didn't see that coming. I didn't know. I it's not gonna have it planned out. I just kind of rolled with it and it. It, it kind of took on its own sort of thing, right? It was really about the audience. I mean, the whole premise of that show was to take LinkedIn's 
model and turn it upside down, right? Because the whole LinkedIn model was look at me, 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 me. I'm all so great. I've got my, it's I'm the CEO, I'm the CXO, blah, blah, you know, whatever. I'm so great. I've just, I'm, uh, you know, it's, it has been like, put up my resume and walk away. And I was like, wait a minute. Let's turn that upside down and say hotness to unleash hotness is to pay attention to other people's work, uh, an, another person or their work in an intentional way. Let's just do that for an hour once a week at the, when it first started. And then it changed to once a month. But it was still like, how do we how do we stop taking looking at ourselves and look at somebody else for a minute? And, you know, it, it kind of hit and. It wasn't really ever about, I know it kind of comes across as me as sort of me trying to like build my it's network. It's not a work for you. There's a hell of a lot easier ways to build your network than that. Oh, right. It it's was. not the most, it was. Yeah. I mean, it's me on too. ice right now, but it, it had, I had to ice it. Right. I had to, because I just couldn't keep up. But, but the, the, I mean, you can build your network more efficiently if you really want to, but it, I really, you know, really loved it. And what has emerged um, as a result was, so I put that on, on, I, I managed to, I did 15 episodes the first season. It was every week and I was totally exhausted by Thanksgiving of last year. And then um, took a break and I wasn't sure I was going to be able to get back to it. And then I had these six friends who showed up. Uh, so, and I'll name them and they're not here. Right? I don't see them in the chat, but um, I'll name them. So it's Nathan Hill, Adam Spock. Um, Susanna Dawn, uh, mm -hmm. Sam Sierra, Amber Williams, and Nadine Hare, right? They all showed up and they said, they, they formed a club and they said, we want the Hotness of Leisure show back and we're going to make a show about where Trevor go. <laughs> and and ever since then, we, we, we've all been best friends. So we have this DM chat room and we keep up. I mean, it's... It's crazy busy all the time. We're and this constantly going in there. We, um, and it was because they came, they like, they collectively came together and, and, and said, we, yeah. we want this thing back. And so I, I brought it back. Right. And it managed to e eke yeah. out five episodes of which the, you were on the last one. But then, but hey, it got bigger. It got a lot bigger by that last one. And all of a sudden, that vision, that, that vision exploded in terms of what we could do with it because I realized through that process of wanting to connect with each guest, mm -hmm. right? Because each guest wasn't really, they didn't know me really at that, at that point because I was really trying to stretch in to find people to show up. They didn't really know what the show was about. I didn't know them as well as I wanted to. I couldn't speak into like who they were or why, you know, um, they would, resonate with the rest of this audience or anything like that. And then it became oh, clear yeah. that we needed to do was, these like awesome. yeah. warm up episodes. Right. And so you and I did that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. See, it was kind of like this even, mm -hmm. right. We're just talking, just kind of going on about what, what we do and why we do it and so on. And um, yeah. And so, so that as soon as it became apparent that, that that needed to be part of the yeah, show, that there was, were six wow. guests. Yes. You really went all in on that show. Right. Tried that for the first time. Yeah. So we had, so we had, so we had four sponsors, yeah. six guests and then the main event. Right. So it's like, Oh bro. Okay. So we're talking okay. like seven show, seven or eight shows, something like that to make us kind of this whole composite um, deal. How was I going to pull that off? And 
without like a without a monetization component to it. Um, and I and I really wanted to be careful uh, with that because I didn't want that part of it to I don't know undermine the the, the original kind of mission of of the show um, get in the way of it. So I just kind of thought, all right, this has gotten. To be but you're bringing it back bigger than it's I, can, coming back. I can really handle right now. So, um, it's still there. Still, yeah, absolutely, it's coming back. So, uh, I'm planning to implement that whole uh, the whole idea um, sometime in probably mid December. Uh, I should start actually recruiting now. Uh, I got a few ideas for who I want to bring in, but I think it's the the guests are going to be mostly creators at this point. Um, just because of who I want to have on the show are people who are into it, right? People who are really active here. And I think that that group is pretty small because, but we all have so much in common. You know, we speak this common language. We sort of experience the same pressures. We know the, some of the, some of the gossip and, and, and the players and and we see the same stuff. We experience the glitches of where we We bonded the ups and downs (laughs) of the algo, right? We get all of that. Yeah, right. It's where we bonded. So like, hey, let's let's continue to to yeah. explore that and um turn it into a community. Turn it into something mm-hmm. that is has has an identity like so Ken Dunner, for example, um savor the flavor, right? That guy, <laughs> that dude's personal brand is is unmistakable, is he back? right? Now, I, I I love Ken, right? Ken is he's he's so No, he's not back. He's he's stuck over on YouTube. Right. So I'm like, I'm, I'm, you know, I miss him around LinkedIn, but he, you know, whatever he got, got himself banned somehow. And, um, Mm -hmm. okay. Well, that is a thing. That's a risk, right? We have to take when we're, when we're, when we're messing around with, with, you know, property we don't own, Uh, I could get banned, (laughs) you know, then what? So, so then, so, so then it's like, okay, how do we continue to find each other? How do we continue to engage? How do we find trusted environments to to do that? And so creating some structure around, you know, Hotness and Leisure Show is important to me. So I'm kind of, you know, obviously I'm working on that and, um, you know, recruiting people who are really active and committed to it. So, um, and, and, you know, we're out here. I've met, I, I came, you know, Nathan Hill's got his own show, Tilted Bench, um, found uh, Danielle, Danielle Amy yesterday. Like, holy crap, man, she's fire. Like literally it's just, I only, and I was, I was 20 minutes late. I only got her for the last 10 minutes. I just almost fell out of my chair. It's passed on. Like, where have you been my whole life? You know, her energy was just outstanding. And, you know, it was like, wow, okay. I need more of that. And, um, you know, so like some people, they just, you know, kind of continue to bubble up and, and get seen. And I think this, this context, this kind of, of live show, mm-hmm. um, Interface allows us to explore topics more deeply, uh, more uh, spontaneously. Uh, and I was trying to make a video yesterday. Couldn't do it. Just couldn't do it. I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't trust that I had the right tone, the right kind of complete message and ultimately decided I just need to, just need to talk about it honestly, like in a Q&A sort of thing, like in a dialogue, uh, because I, I couldn't just punch it out with a with a scripted you know two minute video it just wasn't working i love it so i i agree i made the leap i've been doing podcasting for about three and a half years 
Um, and in April or May, Simon Chow was like, you got to go live. And I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. He's like, no, 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 it's going to be okay. You got to go live. And I made the leap with Tara Pollock and I haven't looked back since. And it has been such a game changer. Um, in some ways it's harder, a little bit more pressure, but in most ways it's easier and way more liberating because we have comments. We have people here who are joining us. We got uh, Adam Bola, who's been on your show uh, multiple times in terms of both live and in the comments. Hi, Adam Bola. So good to mm -hmm. see you. We got David Ketchin, who's joining us. And what a beautiful comment of a charming way. Oh, and we're global. And he's in New Zealand. He's one, he's, he's one of my we're favorites. Totally global. Right? So it is it, there's a beautiful yeah. thing we to are. go live yeah, here. Isn't it? I, I got to know... Yeah. Let's dive into your ethos, the whole reason why we've came to this conversation, which has really been about meaningful relationships okay. and how that impacts our marketing and sales at the end of the day. And so you've built, mm -hmm. uh, with a little probing, uh, a frame, you've been doing this for a while, but you finally put like... Yeah. I'm calling it a framework, Peter Wheeler. I'm calling it a framework. Yeah. You finally put a a definition around it and how you go about <laughs> yeah. doing what you do to cultivate these relationships and ultimately yeah. Yeah, lead yeah. as a center of influence. So tell us what, what that is, and then let's break it down. What the, what's, what, what's cooking. Okay. So you're, you're, you're totally right. So a lot of this, um, has been true for me for, my entire sales career. So starting in 1996 or whatever, when I was hired by Merck Pharmaceuticals, like, so the whole thing, that whole, that company is built on George Merck's guidance saying like, look, do what's right for the patient and the profits will follow. All right. Super famous. Like this is a, one of the all time sales quotes. Right. And I bought that hook, line and sinker. Right. I was just like, okay, that means I don't have to be a used car salesman. I don't have to, I don't have to do that pushy persuasion thing. I just do the right thing and we're good to go. And so I've carried that with me. And, and it doesn't always translate to being the super sales leader of the universe, right? It, it, but it has translated to me sustaining a career for 25 years, one that I'm proud of and one that has, um, as, you know, has kept me alive and has provided for my family. So, and one that I feel good about and I sleep well at night. So fast forward to last year, uh, last summer, uh, Kate Irwin, uh, who is lovable and divine on this platform. And if you don't know her, she's amazing. She was also heavily influential um, in my life. <laughs> she's got this song. And I know you've seen this you before, Carrie, because I am. Yeah. It's, okay. It's it's all right. Because you're because you're in media, right? So. All right. All right. So have you ever received an email from a media seller saying, do you have any incremental any incremental budget at the end of the quarter? <laughs> and, I've, and the thing is, I've sent that email. I've sent that. Okay. And, and so she, she, she puts this to, 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 to made it into a song. All right. So if you find her Kate Irwin, E-R-W-I-N, you put it up on, on, you go to her, um, her profile. She's got it up there. Holy crap. I mean, I laughed out of my chair. All right. So this is context, right? So she's talking about this book called um, Sell Without Selling Out by Andy Paul. 
and I read it last summer while I'm camping. I'm like, this is it. This is the ethos to which I, um, I th that I follow, that I am, that I am bought into. And it's functionally, hey, do unto others as you'd have done unto you. Don't quit with all this persuasion nonsense, right? Be influential, absolutely, right? Be educated, uh, be cool, but don't like what? What? Don't do what's, all the slimy. I mean, back, I think we've all felt trickery, it. Give us some sales trappy of, like, junk. All right, don't, don't, just don't. Oh, you know, it's like, um, gosh, this is just great example. So sales, a sales trap is where you would say like, um, like, uh, you like, you know, you like drinking clean water, you know, you like clean water, don't you? And you're like, well, yeah, sure. So, you know, and, and then you're like, well, why don't you know, here's, here's this, here's the clean water for you. And then you have to buy it. Cause you're like, well, no, I don't want that. I want this other dirty water. Right. So you, you get into these traps or you're, or, or, or the classic, or you get, you get actually trapped on a, in a, um, on a bus to a timeshare presentation. <laughs> Holy smokes. Where they're like, Hey, you spend X thousands of dollars per year on your stuff. Wouldn't you like to spend less? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to spend less. Wouldn't you like to stay at a great resort like this? Well, yeah, absolutely. I'd like to spend less at a great resort like this. Well, then here you go. We're like, well, shit, I didn't uh, want to spend $15,000 yes. today. You know, well, why Trap not? You. This is what you said, right? You have to listen to me. Right. And yeah, so it's that kind of stuff, right? Where you, you set people up to, in, into agreement cycles and, and instead of actually just solving the problem that they have when they want to have it solved. So, um, I actually went, I, 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 I had it on Kindle and, um, and he, I was on page, it was page 52 or 50 something of his book last night of Andy Paul's book. Um, and it was the one question about why you, um, and this really has kind of come back to me and it was why, like, I have so many options that I can buy, particularly like in SaaS, for example, right? We have like so much commoditization, so many tools do very, very similar things and, uh, you know, perform very similar functions. So why should I buy it from you, Trevor, you Carrie? why should I buy agency services from, from you? Right. Or, um, you know, whatever it is. And that really got down into me, right? Last summer, I was like, oh, why should they? Like, what, what, why do they care? If I'm just acting like a sales guy who's just doing sales guy stuff, even the social prospecting piece, what was different about me? What did I bring? What was my different, what was my personal differentiator in, in our market to make people want to say, well, yeah, I'd rather buy from you, Trevor, in a uh, lead generation, right? Buy Infuse Media than, you know, from somebody else who's selling, you know, something that I can't really discern mm -hmm. to be, you know, different. And why would I do that? Well, because I, I've gotten to know you, right? I've gotten to know you digitally. And so that's that's kind of been the, the uh, you know, the impetus for a lot of how I show up here, right? Which is to be as authentic as possible. So when we, we, that's this ethos, this ethos of treat people right, treat people and solve with, with respect and know that they're coming to a conversation in a, with a prepared, right. With an idea of what it is they need, what get, the problem is they have. You gotta get them to that conversation. With a lot of, though. lot of research already done. 
So park that for me. Well, see, that's the thing. And so as we, as I started to really kind of dive into this, I was in a conversation earlier this week with a friend who was talking about the, some enthusiasm for the challenger sale, right? So the challenger sale is a, or the challenger sales model methodology is a, is a recognized framework or method. Um, and I use those interchangeably, even though technically they're not, but, um, process, if you will, an approach to how to sell. And it's based on this idea that you take control of the conversation and that you, you challenge your, your prospect to, um, to, to, to think differently about the problem that they have. And so, that, so and then you can guide them to your, your solution, kind of let them discover that your solution is, is the one to, to purchase. Well, it, it done well, it doesn't come across. You're, you, you, you take this role as a teacher, right? You're, you're teaching them to, and it's, it's intentional. And so to the degree to which it's intentional, it's perhaps manipulative, but they're all kind of manipulative in the end. Right? So the, the idea then is that I was like, okay, wait a minute, guys. I was, I was trying to like make peace with this and I couldn't, I couldn't because it, what it didn't do, none, none of these. And there's, and I went out, I found this, this great blog on HubSpot, right? There, there are no, la, no fewer than 12 sales methodologies, right? There's spin, neat, conceptual, snap, challenger, Sandler, medic, solution, inbound, target account, command of the sale. And, and if anybody's going to find a good list, it's going to be like that's HubSpot. 12. Yeah. And that's just, that's just totally a list credible. that HubSpot yeah. found. That's a lot. Okay. Okay. Great. So, so I, I was reading through those and I'm like, wait a minute, this isn't jiving because one of the things that I have been saying for the last, mm, I don't know, forever has been the sales sourced opportunity mandate. Okay. Is yeah. So basically saying like, look, sales, you got to go out and create your own man, your own, your own ops. Gotta go find your honeypot. You gotta go find your honeypot. Mm -hmm. We got a marketing team here, but you know what? They're not accountable to your honeypot. You go, you're the one. Mm -hmm. You gotta drive it. And if you they're not doing it, it's not our problem. You fill your pot yourself. Okay. And you gotta make peace with that. So and 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 I was have I've struggled with that. I have struggled with that because I think that, that represents an over an overinvestment in sales capacity relative mm -hmm. to marketing. Okay, so marketing's ability to fill this to, to keep sales running in front of of uh, of a demand curve, I think is a healthier uh, environment. And then to say that I'm I've got a gigantic team of hungry reps who can never who are never full, and who are never happy, and who are constantly chasing stuff and going rogue and doing whatever they feel like, I would much rather have fewer reps who are just flat out working 20 hours a day, making money hand over fist, happier as happy as happy can be and just killing it. Okay. That, that to me is awesome, but that's not happening. Okay. Nobody's buying that. No, nobody. Okay. This idea that sales carries its own opportunity creation pipeline is, is a big deal and is, I think is permanent. So, 
Wait, let's sit there for a second because I think this is really important because there is lanes that we're supposed to be in Mm -hmm. as marketing and sales or is there? And I think this is coming to a head right now of whose responsibility is it to revenue at the end of the day? And I think a lot of us are starting to argue that it's all of our responsibilities regardless of how we need to get there. And both marketing and sales serve a purpose and the purposes of both are changing. Right? I, I think to a degree, yes. I, 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 if you had asked me this a year ago or maybe eight months ago, I'd have said that there is this blended, um, this, this sort of this blended revenue attribution, um, idea but i i have moved away from that recently and i have built i have moved more towards saying um more more toward a traditional definition right which is kind of what i was trying to get to which is like look if you've got if you're not hitting your numbers cut your sales team right get the right size that sales team quit quit building so much capacity into this team that it can never be satiated and and is and is so expensive, right? Because senior AEs are not cheap, mm-hmm. all right. They're they're that is a and and the reason they're not cheap is because they're actually they're they they're not going to work for free, and they have to literally bust their butts to get any kind of real business going because they've got to go and create it from scratch. Because the system, the demand system in a commodified market of SaaS solutions, is hard. All right. Especially yeah. if you're in the, in the, whatever the lower third Gartner quadrant, right. And you're hustling against somebody who's at the, I mean, these things are real and, 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 or a product that doesn't really solve a problem. Okay. It's just, it's got a set of features. Okay. I mean, these are things you got to deal with. So I, I, I think that if we're going to back into, we all need to share this revenue number then we need to hold product more accountable. We need to hold the executive team more accountable. We can't just throw it all at the feet of GTM and walk away, right? Go to market um, because that's not fair, right? We have to own yeah. that that the product isn't well made. It's not solving a real problem or it is and great, we can hustle. And and that, sh- that success shouldn't all be laid at the feet of GTM either. Gong, all right, that whole GTM team does not get to take all the credit. Product gets a lot of credit for, when that, for that thing, all right? Salesforce, Google, right? Any of these tools yeah. that came out, outreach at the time, right? It, it, it When it came out, I mean, it was awesome, right? It solved a huge problem. It was a great product. I'm not going to say, and 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 so when we divorce product from the, the whole outcome set, I, I don't think that that's fair. So I said a lot there. Uh, I don't know if I really hit it's it. It's fair. But... No, but it's fair. I think, I think it's, not just putting all of revenue on marketing and sales, but looking at it as a collective, as an organization and saying, how are we as an organization going to meet these goals and what's all of our collective responsibility and accountability to make it happen. And I think that it's a lot of pressure on marketing and sales that maybe product and leadership feel we just, they just keep pushing marketing. They, They think marketing and sales is the answer. Mm-hmm. And it's a yes and 
Like, yeah, it can only I, be the yeah. answer if the product is solving the real problem that it's supposed to solve. And, and is there an audience and is there a product market fit? And and sometimes that's lost. So sometimes I think that's a good question. Sometimes yeah. And I, I, I think that from a from a business standpoint, we need to ask is is our sales team fully tapped? Right. Is our sales team are their calendars fully booked? Right. Are they struggling to keep their appointment slots filled, right? And if the answer is yes, then we need to be either cutting back on our sales team or we need to be hiring, doing more marketing or have a better product, right? Because this is kind of where I was headed then. Um, and, and until the and if the answer is no, that we actually do really truly want sales to be out doing one-to-one marketing, prospecting, also known as prospecting, cold calling, okay? then these these sales frameworks you know that we just talked about snap and spin and whatever challenger don't matter because they're not accounting for what it took to get to the table in the first place right all right because everything that that sales rep had to do to get to the conversation to have a snap spin challenger, whatever sales pitch was shaped by the work that it took to get there. So I can tell you right now that if I got a referral, that's a totally different conversation than if it was an inbound, which is a totally different conversation than if I went out and I, I was able to create a connection somehow on LinkedIn, which is a totally different conversation. I met somebody at a trade show, totally different conversation. Right. So these, all of these frameworks, are 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 all kind of up in the air all the time, right? So, mm-hmm. and none of them account for how did we get there? How did we get to the opportunity? So, to your question, long, long, long answer was Ridger, right? That's what came to me yesterday as I was trying to encapsulate like how are we going to approach this? How do we take the sales methodology frameworks? Uh, can I use those two words together? Methodology framework. Anyway. Ethos, um, all the things. Ethos. How do we take the ethos of Andy Paul, right? The sell without selling out. How do we take this? Just be cool, right? Don't manipulate. Be influential. Be authoritative. Solve problems. And combine that with, holy smokes, your approach at the table is influenced by how you got there. Okay. And so the first idea was bridge. Right. And I, you know, so I went out to chat GPT and I said, Hey, chat GPT, got this idea, got bridge on my mind. Right. I want to go because the sales rep is having to bridge this chasm, right. Of mm-hmm. buyer over here, product over here. And our job is to somehow bring them know, together, bring them together. You know, uh, I like to say, um, we, we facilitate the transfer of value between parties. Okay. Um, so we're doing that. Okay. And how do we bridge that? And so I went to chat. You just said bridge. Okay. Can you get me a, here's, here's the thing I want. Here's my, here's my word. Can you acronymize it? Right. <laughs> and, and chat GPT is so good at that. Right. It's so good. Um, and, and it did. Right. And as I was going through this, I was looking at it, I was looking at its first responses. I'm like, Oh, you know, you're kind of missing collaboration, co-creation, um, which are really, I think key to this ethos. Um, and I was like, and then responsiveness, <clears throat> then it became Bridger. And so Bridger, I think in my mind was a, 
more of an active, right? It's like, what am I as a sales rep doing? I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a bridge. I'm a bridger. I'm a, I'm, mm. I'm, I'm, I'm facilitating this, this connection, this making a bridge and uh, making it all happen. So I kind of got excited about that. And so it's an acronym and I'll kind of lay it on you here. So it yeah, was, hold on, before you get there, I want to be really obnoxious okay. and call out because I think this is a huge shift that's coming. We're totally going to run over folks, but don't worry. We'll put it up on all of the things. We'll make clips out of it. You will have it in all of the ways. Um, so you have to sit here for an hour and a half because we will run over and it's going to be glorious. I promise. Um, I want to sit here for a second. And if you're here with us, please comment because I can't see you unless you're in the comments and you're hanging out and you're asking questions and you're having your own conversation. So get in there and make it happen. All right. Coming back to this, before we get into the acronym of what Bridger stands for, the point of this and the, the differentiator here between this and the spins and the all those other acronyms you named of the world from a sales perspective, and you said it, but I want to double down on it is that you are actively as a salesperson going out and creating relationships outside of what market, like marketing is providing the air cover and the visibility, but to build trust as humans has got to be a one-to-one -one interaction that cannot scale through marketing and automation. It has to come from human to human interaction. There's some marketers who are going out there and doing it and doing it really well. And you are one of the salespeople that I've seen do it and do it really well. And I love that you've created an ethos around how to help other sales folks think about this. Get out of your lane, get out there and make relationships and figure out what people need. And I hate to break it to y'all, but you might not be the solution. And that's okay, because if you can point people in the right direction of the solution that they need, they're going to remember that it was you that helped them, regardless of making the sale. So, okay, I'm off my soapbox. Come yeah. back to you, Trevor. All right. I want to expand on two things you said. So the first thing is relational, right? So the relational thing gets, gets beat up because challenger says the relational seller is not as good as the challenger seller. Flat out, point blank says, boom, if you're a relational seller, you suck, okay? So that's that is an issue in this in this whole sales framework, um, you know, universe that we live in, right? Well, so you're not it, supposed it, to create relationships. That's what apparently saying. not. Apparently not. Apparently, by the time you get to the table, you're not supposed to be creating relationships. But how the hell will you get to the table if you didn't create a relationship? Right. So it's like, right. <laughs> okay. So it's like this. Okay. And then and then, um, and then I got so excited I can't remember what you said. Oh, the. Uh, I'll come back to it now. Damn it. I can't remember the, the, um, you said something else really good. Dang it. Um, so, so yeah, the relationship piece is, is key. So I'm going to say to reps, look, um, I'm almost there. I was near bound. Okay. So it's, it's saying like, look, we, these, these marketers and, and sellers, yeah, we're all in this together. I came across this idea of near bound. And so near bound is a, is a, is an idea. I think it, it might even be a company. Anyway, it's, um, but even that isn't really accounting for how you achieved your, your sales talk, your chance at that talk, at that, at that, how you got there. 
and how you got there influences everything. And I do want to say hello to Ken Denner because Ken Denner showed up from YouTube. I see that. There Ken Denner, is. I see you, Katie J. Savor the flavor, right? Flavor. Ken Denner is he's 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 the best. All right, so and we got Ramathula as well. Yeah, I don't know Ramathula, so we're good there. But um, I love it. All right, so Bridger is this idea that we can take all this great stuff, right? These these components of Challenger that we like and other things that we don't like, and we can challenge Challenger. Right. We can, uh, you know, think about frameworks. We can think about how we're going to do our demo, how we're going to listen, how we're going to ask, do discovery, not ask dumb questions, actually ask intelligent, have conversations, treat people like humans, but also account for what it took, right, to, to get that to happen. And so to, to your point, yes, it, it's tough battle. It's a tough battle. And and, and it, it's a digital, we're living in a digital context too. So, you know, I was, um, I was on the Whiskey Wednesday call after our after party last night and Topher Evans blew out his number, All right? He's a, he's a sales guy out here. He's kind of in, in sort of parallel communities. And he did that by actually going in person because he has a limited geography to his accounts. Right? Old school, totally old school. And that's coming back. I promise that is coming back because it is awesome. the the challenge of of for the digital seller is that it is infinitely easier to just not reply, right? To it to outreach, right? How do we how do how does a digital seller deal with that, right? How do you just try and try and try write the perfect email, perfect subject line? You know this is, gets talked about, and then nothing. Even to establish contacts, even to establish prospects, how, why is it that they just burnt, gone, right? This disappear because it's easy to do that, and it's easy for the that that client, that prospect to even once established, is can just detach instantly, and it's much much harder to do if you're in person, which is really that old school method right but you like you're in guernsey what sales rep is going to call on you in person none ever right if you're in london a totally different story right totally yeah. different story you'd have reps crawling all of you if i was if I, if, tell you what if i was a media rep i'd be living in london right now that's where i'd be but the um if i wasn't st already just established in my little my little digital office here but listen bridger is this idea that go ahead have your ethos have your framework have your thing but you, if you're not accounting for a, adjustment based on how you got to the table, then you're missing 80, 90% of the entire, entire puzzle. Even if you got so, there because you're, because the, because the PE firm, you know, had a relationship, right? That's going to be a different conversation, right? It, or a VC or your founder introduced you or, or, or is your college chum? these are all different the scripts are dead you can't follow you can't just show up to any conversation with the same script you really gotta no. you do so let's talk about the bridger method then okay and because it starts well before you get to the table yeah yeah, yeah so yeah, where does it start it starts right there right it starts with um b right so b <laughs> love chat gpt isn't it so great when it can just help Right. So this is so I give it a concept, right? So B, so build, right? So that's what that stands for. It's build. It's it's forge that genuine trust with prospects 
and you set out like, hey, look, I'm not going to manipulate you. We're not, we're not, we're not going to do that, right? We're going to build a foundation of trust. However, that comes. If it's a referral from your from your money, from your VC or your PE firm or your your founder or whatever, or if it's old college buddy, or if it's you know personal friend or whatever, you're gonna you're gonna build that trust relationship. All right. So then the R was like, okay, that happened right now we're at the table, right? So now we're going to really, we're going to dig into the, what the unique challenges are. We're going to show empathy and understanding. All right. So then the I is going to inspire. So this is coming from Andy Paul, but it's also kind of the challenger sale a little bit, which is like, you want to dream bigger, right? You had a problem, but now we want to, the sales reps job is to kind of expand that, right? Like what is that ideal outcome? You got the pain and you got the pain behind the pain, right? It's like, what's the real, where's, can we deal like attack the fear? Yeah. Right. So where's the, the onion? Yeah, how do we peel that back? How do we inspire a vision of caramelized onions, baby? Right. We want that. Oh, so who doesn't, good. who doesn't want that? So right. Low and slow, slow and slow. You know, it's had a little sugar and make it nice, Put that, you know, need to add a burger. To, I mean, it's all good. Right. So you want that. Right. And the sales rep's job is to kind of plant those seeds. It's not in a manipulative way, but it's still, that's our job. Right. We want to make it in an authentic, you know, way, do that. So that's an, that's the inspiration component. You know, discover right is kind of stepping back a little bit, but still actively listening, and really making sure that that are we on track? Okay, we can inspire all day long, right? But if that ain't gonna fly, you know, it's your fifteen thousand um, dollar, you know, dream of a of a of, of a of a timeshare. Okay, yeah, I want that. Oh, I don't have the money. <laughs> you know, okay. So let's just get back on the bus. Take our fifth of you know whatever uh yeah you know you gotta be in alignment so you can inspire all day but if you're not in alignment yeah so discover and accept right so then guide right so serve as that trusted advisor and this is in line with a lot of sales frameworks right um challenger among them right you you have to like be the guide right you don't want to be the hero of the story they're that your client is the hero right we get that right they are solving their problem you're just guiding them kind of along you're the you're the Obi-Wan. Luke is the hero, right? It's like, these are, these are old, you know, and, and well-established, um, you know, roads that we, we travel on. Um, and, and then we want to engage, right? So engaging when we have the solution, we're at the table, we've got agreement, we've inspired, they want to do it. Okay. Then we, we, we collaborate and we fill in all those blanks. We, we, we are able to address the details, right? And we're able to, to say, yeah, okay, this, this is the thing you got to think, think about, right? And so, I deal with this all the time and infuse. Okay, it's like, well, how many leads per account do you want? Oh, you want you want three? Well, why would you only want three? You want like ten? Well, what do you mean I want ten? Well, because because this is you know because why would you attack a cl- an account and only want anyway? We get into that. So it's like these little details of saying we gotta we gotta get, get down in the weeds. And you're, as a rep, you have to be able to do that, right? So that's the E. And then respond is. Don't blow off your client for Pete's sake. Don't take three days to get back. I mean, this is Tim Davidson's favorite part, right? It's Tim Davidson's rips on this every day that he possibly can, which is why do I have to wait 96 hours to get a, a calendar offer? Right? You shouldn't oh, have oh, to. Oh, we do don't that. leave a call. We don't we don't get off the phone until we have the calendar set up for the next call. I mean, yeah, isn't that I mean, like this no brainer or, at this point? Or, or 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 when your client emails you, respond to it today yes. like now yes okay don't don't sit around and wait for three even days. if you don't have the answer like it don't like if you go off and ask somebody to get like the initial response and you you have to wait around like don't 
wait to have the answer. Let them know that they've been seen and heard and that you're figuring it out and then tell them when you're going to get back to them. Yes. I, Oh, that's, that's rep 101 right there. It's rep 101. And, and so many reps just, you know, Oh, you're small fry. I don't, you don't matter. You didn't, you didn't follow my, Oh, those small fries matter, man. They matter today because they grow until tomorrow and the day after that and day after that, like, well, and in a digital context, you never know, you never know. And then they leave somewhere else. Yeah. 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 They, they, they're, they're at a company, company, nobody. And then, and then all of a sudden they're working for fortune 500 and you're like, uh, Oh, mm -hmm, sorry. Mm. I guess I, I guess I missed that up. So anyway, that's Bridger B R I D G E R. I love Bridger. And I, what I love about it most is the B part is the build part. And I want to sit there for a minute and unpack that with you. Cause I think, I think the, the, the R I D G E R part is familiar. It takes practice, especially the active listening part and not responding immediately to everything that you hear. Mm-hmm. I'm so bad at that. I like, oh, I, I immediately go into, I don't, I don't fight or flight. I, I problem solve. Like that is my, I immediately want to start problem solving, which is not how you act to listen. Sorry. I hate to break it to y'all. That's not how you act to listen. <laughs> um, but I want to sit in the B part because I think that's where your secret, your personal secret sauce of Trevor Van Warden sits that I, that I think we all need to, as both marketers and salespeople, and more marketers are starting to do it, which is brilliant. And maybe salespeople are doing it. I just can't see it because I'm not as active in that community. So maybe you're seeing it more. But this idea of building your own network and finding your own honeypot and being comfortable in the uncomfortable of creating those relationships, knowing that 90% of them aren't going to be anybody you work with, but you just don't know where it'll take you. Is that fair? Did I, I sort of said that off the cuff, but. No, I think it's, I think it's super fair. The, the, what came to my mind recently, just when you were saying that is I met a guy, Andre, Andre Faji works for PandaDoc. And I met him by virtue of my uh, intentional, you know, work to find people who, you know, might possibly be a customer. And he and I have hit it off, right? We're friends now, right? He's like, he's, he's awesome, right? He's totally great. And one of the it's things totally that he, he said, and not because he's going to be a customer, just because he thinks and he's, and he's responsive and I dig that, right? And, and one of the things he said was like, we get hung up on convincing ourselves that we can only talk about the thing that we're employed to talk about, hmm. particularly in a, in a transparent context like LinkedIn, okay? So... We're, everything we say is like I mean, anybody could see it basically. So they don't, but at the same time, it's okay. It's okay to reveal that you got lost in the dark while trying to get to your recital, whatever what you had, right? That was awesome. Okay. It was a great story and it wasn't anything to do with MKG or anything. It was about you getting lost in confusing streets and Guernsey in the dark. It was okay? awful. <laughs> but it endeared me to you. Okay. And, and, you know, Andre's talking about the pretenders and, and I was like, yeah, the pretenders, I get that. I, I, you know, the, you know, I'm, I'm down with that, with, with what he was, where he was headed. And I got to know him a little better. Um, and not because I wanted to manipulate that into some kind of sales opportunity, but mostly just because I thought it was cool and I wanted to connect over it. Right. And so I, I'm celebrating this idea. So the, 
that's where my brain went when you said that. It was like, don't be afraid to, to, to talk about things that aren't necessarily within our job scope. And I'm not seeing that from sales yet very much. Okay. I see that from people who have to sell something, e.g. like a coach, right? Or a solopreneur kind of person who's got a lot yeah. of, you know, personalities going, but not, but, but they don't have permission. So basically what I did to deal with that is I actually functionally split my personality on LinkedIn. Um, I set up a business page that was Trevor at Infuse Media. And so that allowed me to have a singular sort of focal conversation about demand gen, about those kinds of topical on point, like why I was there making why I was relevant to that conversation so that it didn't, so that person didn't have to like connect all the dots. Right. But then I could also say like, Hey, if you wanted to connect, start connect dots. If you want to go there, come over to my personal profile. I'm talking about everything else. You know, I'm talking about mm -hmm. my physical fitness challenges, talking about um, live streaming, Thanks. talking about whatever, you know, talking about kids and, 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 and other stuff, you know, within a safe context yep. of owning a van, all the things. Yeah. All the stuff, owning a van, minivans, why minivans are great. Uh, getting, getting <laughs> tea thrown into my, into my window. <laughs> How appropriate. But I think that's, that's those cool. are the conversations. Those are the moments that make us human. And so I think there's two sides that you're talking to here. One is the engaging part on actively listening to the people who are telling their stories and in and engaging in those in an authentic way of from a from a vulnerability, authenticity and um, even your own, you know, connection way of like adding to that and experiencing sharing of your own experience of something you may have gone through in relation to that, right? Joining the conversation, as Danny so eloquently put it, almost two, a year and a half ago at this point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So join the conversation that's already happening. And then on the flip side, something that you do so beautifully is creating the conversation. Right. So that's what hotness and leisure has been. That's what the early has been is your way of bringing. And that's what tea time is for me. Tea time isn't about, I try very hard not to make it about me. Can't help mm. myself, but experience share. Cause I human. Um, yeah. But it's really about the guest and their experience and what they bring to the table. Right. And amplifying those voices and creating those opportunities for our audience to be heard. And so I think it's got to be both. And I think it's really hard to ask salespeople who've been stuck in these frameworks for so long to give them permission to break out and to step on marketing's toes mm -hmm. and go create one-to-one -one relationships and build that trust. So marketing can create the air cover for you. But as a salesperson, like you're the hero at the end of the day that gets to go build that rapport and help people find the thing they need to do their jobs better. And that might be you and that might not be you, but at the end of the day, they're going to remember the person that helped them get there. Yeah, I certainly hope so. Gee whiz, right? I mean, that's the idea. Like we want to be remembered. We want to leave, you know, some good, you know, some good crumbs, right? And and even if we didn't get picked that time, you know, we want to like, yeah, I contributed positively to this to this outcome. And 
yeah, even if I failed to get the deal, right? So that was our topic today, right? Your of your of your post today, like I didn't get the deal done, but okay, well, what did I do? What how did I contribute? Did I contribute at all? And if I did, then I can feel, you know, I can I can take some some respite in that and how can I maybe I get the deal next time and if I'm cool, then there will be a next time. I can take I can have faith in that. What has has been some of the outcomes for you in this journey in closing out here, right? So you made the sleep to be more relationship driven, to break some of the rules mm -hmm. of the frameworks, to build your own ethos. And we're all about outcomes as marketers and salespeople. We have to, we have, we have to abide by numbers at the end of the day to say, here's the actions we took and here's the outcomes of those actions. So can you help us understand like what this has been for you on both the personal business side in terms of those outcomes? Well, I think if we look at one outcome, uh, this the one that we're having right now, this experience, right? That you are a bona fide card carrying owner of a marketing agency, okay? Hosting a show called Tea Time with Tech Marketing Leaders. So here I am, a seller being invited to appear on your show, which has been live for three years. Okay, that's an outcome that I'll, I'll, I'll take that, right? Because we've created a relationship and it's one where I think it, if I can be perceived as or accepted as a as a marketer, uh, as a seller, but still with a mark with really wanting to to pay attention to the needs of the marketer, then great. And from there, it's the depth and the frankness of the conversations that I'm having. Now, the tech business has just been under assault, right, for the last year. Our June, mid June of 22 is when it started. Um, and I, I, I know that for a fact, cause I was there watching it when it happened and it, it's been terrible. Right. And so many of my clients and buyers have been laid off. Okay. And yet I still have relationships with them. Right. I was, I, you know, we, we trade, you know, DMS, um, you know, Lisa Hackbarth was on your show, right. That was, that was a referral that I made. Right. Danny and I, you know, we'll, we'll trade DMS, uh, and, and many others, right, where we're able to have this real dialogue where, and, and that did not happen, okay, a year ago, right? That was not in the cards. There was none of this going on. And so I feel like to the extent that, that some of these cycles come back around, you know, I'm, I'm in a position to, to have, you know, Frank trusted conversations. So those foundations, you know, have been built. I think there's sort of extraneous, you know, issues that are, um, have impacted the real, um, you know, the, the real like business outcomes, that hard revenue, those card contract numbers. But at the same time, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on track to, to make, make hit quota. Right. So, Hey, what, what more? What more rep can it can a more can a rep? What more can a rep ask for? Really, I mean, you could ask for a blowout, but you know, I I blew up my last two years, so it's like, hey, in a downturn, in a tough year, you're still hitting yeah. your quota. That's yeah, I'm on track. I'm not there yet. I I I hit it early last year, and then this year is is, is tougher, but I'm on track. So we'll we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. 
Trevor Van Warden. Oh my gosh. Overdue. About damn time. Um, in closing out, I do have my people first question. Oh, which one am I going to ask? I have three of them. I'm going to ask, I'm going to start with, have you picked up any new hobbies in the last few years, given COVID and the change of the world and just, you know, what's important to you outside of work these days? What's important to me outside of work these days? I've been pretty transparent, so it feels like it's it's over overdone already, but I put on a ton of weight when I um, got started, like seriously in getting into LinkedIn and I've cut it. I, 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 I've managed to get that under control. So that's a big hobby of mine. It takes a lot of time and energy and um, have, have, so it's more than a hobby, right? So I, I got my scale, I weigh the food, do the portions. Um, I follow this book by this dude, Peter Atia, so I'm, who I'm following, A-T-T-I-A. And so he advocates a high protein, you know, diet. So I'm doing the weights and all that. So that's, that's a lot of my energy is going, um, toward, toward not dying basically. <laughs> so, yeah. It's paid um, off. Like you've made some towards your goals. You've made some yeah. serious progress in a short period I, of time. I have, I've, I've, uh, I've been really, uh, successful in that. And I, and right now it's actually, it's, it's, it's a critical time because it, as I, I'm starting this I'm like month two and a half, right? So it was July 23rd. I started now that I'm kind of in this, the slower phase, right? Like all the early gains are, okay, got them. Awesome. Now, how do we build? How do we, how do we, how do we keep going when it's going's going to get tough? Cause I've got birthdays. I've got Halloween. I've got Thanksgiving, <laughs> Christmas. I mean, you name it, like lots and lots of obstacles here. So I'm into it. Right. So I, 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 I bought my rogue echo bike, my, you know, the air, the air bike, right. I got that. I got it hooked up. I, I got a heart rate bike. monitor coming on Sunday. Cause you funny thing about this rogue bike is that it blows this air on you, right? This wind. So you don't sweat, right? You're constantly cool. You're air cooled. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. So, so the feedback is limited, right? You don't, you're not saying, Oh, how hard am I working? I don't know because I just got this wind on me. <laughs> I'm in a, I'm in a turbine. <laughs> you like a video. It's like, here. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. So and my daughter was on and her hair's long. It's like, she's out like this. So anyway, um, that's it. That's, that's a hobby that I have. Um, I'm, I'm deeply invested in right now. Oh, what a dedication. It's a, it's a battle. It's yeah. It Cause it's, it's the, it's getting started, which is always the hardest of any new goal and then sticking with it when it plateaus or doesn't quite make the gains that you're like, why is this not happening the way that it I was, was gaining? Yeah. How come I'm not doing it so fast anymore? You know, where's yeah. my, where's my two pounds a week? Why did I gain? Oh, what happened? <sighs> All right. Last yeah. question for you okay. is if you could travel to anywhere in the world without standing in long lines or the TSA or whatever is in our way at any given moment, flight cancellations, let me tell you all. Like cancellations are freaking real right now, but let's re pretend none of that exists. Where would you go and why? Well, Saint Michel, um, absolutely without 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 hesitation. I know it's like you can throw a rock to it. Uh, yeah, no, that that's been on my bucket list since the day I saw it as some as a little kid in a book. 
And I've been to France a couple of times, uh, been to London once, never been to Guernsey, never been to Mont Saint-Michel. And I don't know, it's like fascinating. You get built a build a castle out on this island in the tide flats. It's it's it blows my mind. I want to go there so bad. And yet it's always been like just kind of what you said. If I could just like plop myself to like the you know, beam me up Scotty kind of thing, yes. I'd do it. It's just I don't even know how to get there. You know, it's like it's so far out in the middle of nowhere and, and there's like no buses. I've tried, I've researched how like the process you got to drive, got to get on a charter and spend a bajillion dollars, or you can take like infinite number of connections to sort of halfway get there. I mean, well, so here's what you're going to do. You're going to fly to London, come to okay. Guernsey. We're going to take the boat over together and then we'll all drive up. We'll get you there. Perfect. Can't wait. Yeah. That's, that's a half hour that's drive. What, yeah. That's what I want to do. I can't wait to get there. Amazing. Trevor Van Warden, folks. Trevor, for people who want to find you, follow you, connect with you, all the things, LinkedIn? LinkedIn, totally. Yeah, that's that's where I am. And um, it's, it's always open. And I pretty much respond to my DMs. I mean, you know, I unless you're obviously just pitch slap me and then and then we have a then we have a non-ethos match. We're we're good. Well, you'll you'll teach them how it's done. So well, learning opportunity. You know, yeah. I give them a chance to, to, to do something different. And then, yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, thank gosh. you for having me. It's been a thr- It's been great just to yap my head off. I love it. I right. we're on the same page. Beautiful. Cool. Thank you to those who are listening. If you found this episode helpful, please like subscribe and share. This episode was brought to you by MKG marketing, our agency that accelerates submission of B2B vendors via SEO, digital ads, and analytics is hosted by me, Carrie Gard, CEO and co-founder of MKG marketing music mix and mastering done by the lovely team at MKG. And if you'd like to be a guest, DM me, let's hang out. I'll, let's see if you're fit. I'll make it happen. Do it. So good. All right. Thanks, Carrie.